Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. It is the 4th of July. I am Conor O'Gara. He is Chris Marler. Chris, I feel just a wee bit patriotic today. I know you're feeling the same thing. Happy birthday, America. Sorry your party's so lame. Sorry your party's so lame. I am, it will not be lame. I am all fired up. It is my favorite holiday besides Thanksgiving. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty amped. Thanksgiving is pretty much the universal if you're not going to say christmas your favorite holiday is yeah. thanksgiving would be the number one choice halloween probably not too far behind but fourth yeah. of july needs its love too it's fourth of july is way ahead of halloween in my opinion thanksgiving like people always talk about when you come from a divorced parents it's like oh two christmases no growing up as a fat kid two thanksgivings yeah two thanksgivings is where it's at y'all that's true i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hate on that i'm not even a big turkey guy and i think thanksgiving is no fantastic. you know what i am a big fan of pie I'm a big pecan pie man. I I will not disagree with you on that. Pumpkin, get out of here. (laughs) We've got a 4th of July themed episode today. We've got a lot of fun stuff to get to, all of which deal with 4th of July. In America. Yeah, America, United States, number one. We have a few different things that we want to get to, uh, a few segments and something that I've been thinking about, well, basically in the last like two hours before recording Freedom. We talked about this earlier in a discussion that I kind of want to open up to college football fans because I think it's one that we don't really talk about a lot, but it's a good one to have given the time of year that it is. And that is, who is America's team in college football? Whoever LeBron's on. Wait, you said college football. college football. I do this every time. That's a very good question. I mean, we're hitting the, the hard-hitting subjects, as always. Oh, yeah. Big-time <laughs> news. Big-time, big, big week in news. Uh, I think big the, week in news in the SEC. The opening is going on right now uh, down there in Dallas. Yeah, that actually is pretty cool. No, but we, we, have a, we have an entire slate devoted to the 4th of July. And this question is one that we wanted to start with because I think it's one that people don't really go into very much they kind of scratch the surface of and don't really come up with a criteria and then it doesn't really get anywhere because a lot of times you'll bring up topics connor and then i'll look at them and i'm like unreal can't wait to argue this (laughs) and then about halfway through when we're actually arguing it i realize i've fallen into the trap of what you've laid and you're like Oh, so this is what the country usually will want you to say. And I'm like, damn it, I just said all of those things. Yes. I said all the generic things. And so I'm 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 excited about this one. I've done I've done some some drinking and thinking, as I like to say it. Nice. Not really any drinking, just thinking. Just thinking. The combination of drinking and thinking is probably usually what goes along with these discussions. But yeah. if you're a college football fan, I think the three teams that come to your mind when you're asked this question, this is the in my opinion the lazy scratch the surface. We're just mm-hmm. going to look at the biggest fan bases and chalk that up as America's team. It's Bama, it's Michigan, it's Notre Dame. Those three teams probably have the three biggest fan bases in college football, and therefore it's easy to call them America's team. Would you agree or disagree with that? So when you when you brought the question up earlier today, little little peek behind the onion, peel as we behind say. The onion, yeah. Peak. Come on now. Oh, peak, Come on. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, guys, this, we don't want to just be the only ones arguing this. This is a perfect argument to have at your family function that will ruin the rest of the afternoon. So Absolutely. if you're looking for a way to get out of the, the barbecue early, bring this bring this argument up. Yes, you're welcome. Really? And then, yeah, exactly. Sorry, Aunt Trish. I ain't going to be here long. <laughs> I don't need seconds. So Just take seconds we, for the road. Just do that. Right. Yeah, that's right. So when you brought this up, I was like, simple, Michigan, Notre Dame. And then I'm like reading along, and it's like, oh, Michigan, Notre Dame have too many haters. Damn it, he already thought this one through. I think, so when you say who has the most fans, I think Ohio State has the most fans nationwide. Maybe, yeah, maybe you can. They have a huge national brand uh, outside of maybe Notre Dame because Catholics just, they reproduce so quickly. It's a fair thing. Fair thing to say. Birth control was illegal in Ireland for a very, very long time. Until like nineteen ninety five. No, no, no. Well potatoes were not illegal. As I mix that up. As someone who is the great, 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 great relative of someone who is just absolutely torched by the potato famine. Yeah. No, I, I will not say that potatoes were illegal in Ireland. But yeah, uh birth control Birth control and divorce took a very long time <laughs> to legalize those things in Ireland. Ireland's a bit more progressive now. It was their last year. Yeah. Fun story. But uh, I mean, yeah, I would drink different. a lot too if and leave the country if I couldn't outwit potatoes, which is, I mean, that's fair to say. 
But I, I will say, Notre Dame has more fans all across the country. And maybe it's just because I went to Catholic school growing up. But they have so many fans because of religion, I think. And they're a national brand. They're on NBC. Rudy was a very important movie for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I would say them and Ohio State probably the two biggest fan bases. Because like when you look at like bandwagons to jump on... Like, we're recording this podcast right now. I'm wearing a Red Sox jersey. I'm a diehard Alabama fan. As I always say it's one of my many flaws. Alabama's not like a sexy bandwagon to jump on. It's Nobody's a regional like, team. It's a more regional right. team. No one, no one's like Lake Show. Now, especially they got LeBron. Like no one's a huge, like no one's a big Yankees and Alabama fan really. Right. Where it's like, like nobody wants to. Nobody in New York's like, you know what though? I love what they're doing down in Tuscaloosa. If you're rooting for Alabama, I said this to you earlier. If you're rooting for Alabama, and if you're not from the Southeast, and if you don't have ties to the school. Chances are you're a bandwagon fan, and how really how big of a fan are you? Unless you're going and traveling to road games and doing all that stuff, sorry, but I question how big of a fan you are of Alabama. And I think there's the the counterpoint to that is that there there are a lot of haters to these big national brands. Yeah. Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame. I'd argue those three teams, while they might have the biggest fan bases, and Ohio State, you can throw them in there as well. Right. They also have more haters than everybody else, and maybe that's because they have such big fan bases and it annoys people yeah. that people See, jump on the bandwagon so easily. I try my best. Like, like, and when Connor says that, he's, I don't think you're saying like, if you didn't go to school there, you're not a, a fan. Not what I'm saying because, at all. Yeah. Good. Cause you know, like, I'm in the 85%. <laughs> I didn't go to school there. Not that I couldn't get in there. All right. I read real good and I could definitely get into Alabama. Oh, I can but, tell. But, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, but if, like, if you're from Oregon and you're like, yeah, you all. I'm a huge Alabama fan. You all. Like, yeah, it's not very believable. But, like, that being said, I, I so I, I try to only justifiably hate teams. Like, and a lot of times I'll be irrational with my fandom, as we do in sports. But I try to find at least one good reason to hate these schools. For Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Used to, used to really like Michigan. Ohio State, yeah, that miserable comeback they had against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Notre Dame, I mean, I was kicked out of Catholic school growing up, so that was that, that one hurt for them. But that whole Manti Teo thing really rubbed me the wrong way. So you bring me to a good point, and that's that I think America's team, if we're going to come up with America's team for college football, maybe we should just come up with one for the SDS podcast. It's a team that, in my opinion, isn't that hateable. And it's Georgia. a team that, if they're on the big stage... Maybe they're a bit more universally liked, and that's the team that you find yourself rooting for, not necessarily because of gambling interests. You can't take that into account because that, throw, that skews everything. Yes, you can. Don't listen to me. You, you definitely can. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> but they're a team that when they get on the stage, you don't really have a reason to root against them. You kind of like the fact that maybe they're a little bit more relatable. Their fans are relatable. They're a team right. that doesn't necessarily annoy you. You don't associate them as much with a specific region. And Maybe, maybe so that's a little bit too far. So you're crossing off Central Florida. They're off the list. <laughs> yeah. And, you're crossing off Florida State because Florida State Danny Cannell. And I don't if think you say a, Nebraska, I'm going to be upset. No, I don't think Nebraska is America's team in the 21st century, at least. But oh, a God. team that it can't be a Cinderella team. It can't just be a one-time deal. I think it's got to be right. a team that's consistently, they've built up a brand, and their yep. brand is more than just one season. So that would take UCF out of the discussion, just right. in case they were in the discussion in the first place. Right. So there are three teams that I thought of immediately, and I've maybe had a couple more come to mind since then and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. So I like I like Georgia for this. I like LSU for this. Like you you I know that's one of yours. I, I like South Carolina. South Carolina, that's that, I don't know about I South mean, Carolina. I mean for what you said much. national brand? No. No. I would agree with that. Not a national brand. I think LSU's probably the best representation for maybe the SEC or Florida, because there's no bigger melting pot of just ridiculousness than the entire state of Florida. That represents, I think, a lot of America. Maybe. You know, you've got you've got like Tim Tebow, who's great, and we love him. He's he's like the 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 things we want to like hang our hat on. Then we got Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, Yikes. I think maybe from like from basically 2005 to 2010, you could probably make a good argument that Florida was kind of America's team, and they yeah they tended to be the team that you rooted for, even if you didn't have a team. And part a lot of that is because of Tebow, and people just kind of gravitated yeah. to his personality. Tebow also had a lot of haters, of course, and they're not necessarily people who hated Tebow specifically, but hated the coverage around him. That's all understandable. For present Cover day, two. though. I would argue that a team like South Carolina isn't a big enough national brand to where you can ask a random person a question about South Carolina football and they could really tell you a whole lot. I'm not trying to hate on you, South Carolina fans. We give your program the respect it deserves. But it it doesn't have the same sort of marketability to be 
America as a team. Mississippi State, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, a, a team that's going to win the 2018 national championship. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but a team that's got to have a little bit, a little bit of recognized. It's got to be recognized nationally. And right. so one of the one of the teams that I thought of that you're, maybe would surprise some people. Is Boise State? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. I don't know why you listed it first. I'll be honest. <laughs> so I listed Boise State first, not just because I love talking about group of five teams because they sort of fascinate me in this weird little Jesus. way, but because they're a brand who's nationally recognizable because of that blue field, and maybe not as much in the Chris, the post Chris Peterson era. But they're right. a team that's been a top twenty five staple for, I mean, really the last decade, and they they have sort of kept up that mantra even after Chris Peterson, not necessarily at the right. New Year's Six Bowl, BCS Bowl type level that they were on before but this is a team that's nationally recognizable people kind of like the fact that they have that blue field and they know who they are and they're kind of the 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 little guy that's easier to root for when they get on the big stage they're almost kind of like the butler of college football in a way and that's more relatable (laughs) to certain people than a team like alabama a team like notre dame and that's a little bit easier to get Bama's relatable to you then we got some other issues we got to talk about like I, i mean i'm a huge Bama fan but yeah when you say relatable that's not what you're shooting for with that not at all boise state though like and and the only time i've ever heard people like hate on boise state was like when they had jared zabransky who had just i think that was mainly because of his chin strap beard which is the worst still universally it's like you like uncle cracker with a helmet like like a helmet on (laughs) that being said when everyone gave him a hard time was like they don't belong in the big stage and and they're going like i don't know i think they went like in a four-year stretch like 45 and four or something stupid right and everyone's like, well, they, they couldn't do it in the SEC. They couldn't do it in the Big 12. And then they get into that Fiesta Bowl. If anybody like was pulling for Oklahoma in that game outside exactly. of, of the Sooner State, like I'd be shocked. And, and to speak to your point, just thought of this. They, pu- they pulled off the victory with what? The Statue of Liberty. Boom. America's Boom. team. Boom. Right you know there. what, Connor? You genius. Love it. There Love you go. It. I talked you into it. Slowly. That was good. I talked you into it. That was good. Okay. So Boise State, I think, could be – a good candidate, maybe not as much in the current sense, but I'd argue this for, next one though for the last decade. So this next one's going to ruffle some feathers, and yeah. I think Wisconsin is a decent candidate for this because we we talked about this before. Wisconsin is not a team that is universally hated. They really no. are not. There is not, no. a, with the exception of maybe Minnesota fans, and that's because. They've lost oh, yeah. 13 straight games to them, and they're a little bit better as, about that. As I'm sure you guys know down here, I mean, that's a huge rivalry. That's one of those ones where they play for a bucket trophy. It's really cool. Well, they play for Paul Bunyan's axe, but that's right. Oh, my God. It's literally like 115 years ago. They, like, reached into a closet and like, we're playing for this. It means <laughs> it means something, y'all. Like, that's a mop, sir. Like, yeah, exactly. It represents something of our heritage. I'm like, all right, well. That is 100% true, but I would argue that Paul Bunyan's axe is actually a pretty cool trophy to win. Sure, he's not a real person, but yeah, absolutely. We're playing for a unicorn head this year for <laughs> Alabama and, and, and Tennessee. Can't wait. Wisconsin, though, is more relatable in the sense, too, that they don't get the big five-star recruits. They're a team yeah. that doesn't have a lot of hateable personalities. If you kind of go back through the years, they're the team that just always right. has that solid running game. They don't really ruffle any feathers nationally. Maybe Barry Alvarez a little bit when he's running up to score against Big Ten West teams or something like that. Ron Dane. <laughs> yeah, Ron Dane. I didn't like Lowing him Gordon. at all. I mean, so I've liked every other running back. What I didn't like about Ron Dane is, now keep in mind, this is coming purely from a place of bias, but I did research on it even when I was like 14. So at the same the same year he came out was the year Sean Alexander was at Alabama. So I was like obviously a huge Sean Alexander fan. And Ron Dane won like the Doak Walker Award and he won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading a stat going into his senior year in like one of the preseason magazines because he put up like 300 yard games against like Hawaii and like, you know, terrible trash like Toledo. He never, he never ran his first three years, not just over 50, or not over 100 yards, but over 50 yards against Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't think I do a lot of research. I remember that from over. 20 years ago, guys. Wisconsin's got at least one hater then. And you, Still Chris bitter. Marler. But see, but uh, but if you want to take most American, love of cheese, yeah. love of booze, Perfect. hello. Yeah. Yeah. That's two of my favorite things. And freedom. And Boom. plus, Paul Chris looks like the guy that you would basically see at your random, like, Tuesday night bowling league. Yeah. And he's just there, you know, racking up strikes. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I bowl. Humble you know, about it. Average 200, whatever. Like, really quiet, not flashy. Who's and, that guy in the pleated khakis just bowling turkey after turkey <laughs> after turkey? Oh, that's Paul Christ. Chris, I don't know his name. 
Yeah, he's a rock on the dad sweatshirt. He does that for every bowl game. It's pretty yeah. awesome. It's great. He wears that. It's like something that he oversized gray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not every embroidered. Time. Oh, it's so great. Where'd you get that from? Did you get that from like the school store? Is that team issued? No, me and Butch Jones went on a shopping spree the day after Christmas and just got got a twenty dollars sweatshirt off at Target. Cool. Yeah. So Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin is a, is a decent candidate to be America's team. People don't really hate on them. I know they hated on their schedule last year, but I think if yeah. you get them on the big stage, they don't get the universal, like, oh, this team is just, we, we can't stand anybody but Wisconsin. Nobody's going to say that. No, you know? I would love to go to a game there in oh, Camp it's Randall. Awesome. It's unbelievable. I've heard it's, I've heard it's incredible. But, I, I mean, again, if you, if you think this is not an American team, booze. And, like, I'm not talking about booze. I'm talking about domestic light beer. Oh, yeah. Booze uh, and cheese. Boom. So fun quick story about Wisconsin. I've last last two years I've covered a game up at Camp Randall. Covered the game they played against Michigan last year and then the, oh, the yeah. year before when college game day was there for Ohio State too, and that was like a double. That was a good game. game. It's yeah. awesome. Camp Randall, the tailgate scene is unbelievable because yeah. leading up to the stadium, you park the media has to park like a mile away or something like that. And you basically Oof. walk through downtown Madison and it's a mile stretch of just bars out on the street and people yeah. that have tailgate at bars outside. And it's this whole walk up to the stadium. And it's it's awesome. And I've only been on there on days with absolutely terrible weather, and it's still fantastic. If you ever like if you're an SEC you're, fan, I mean like you get don't even there. drink like I mean like that's like my besides baseball, my favorite pastime. Is tailgating. It's tailgating. So, like, you're speaking to my heart right now. Oh, and, yeah. like, I tell you what, Bama, you better not blow it this year in the national championship because I'll jump <laughs> off this bandwagon real quick. Real quick. Wisconsin's be, got a spot waiting for me you. Me and Paul Chris will share sweatshirts and hand-me-downs all, all year. It'll be perfect. I love it. Here's an interesting one for you because you're going to have a way biased view on this. There's no way around this. <laughs> but I think LSU is a candidate to be America's team as well. Yeah. I love it. You're, you love it. I'm I surprised it. by that. I'm surprised. First off, I love alligators. I mean, just, yeah, a very good point. I saw two this past weekend. It was great. Oh, don't True say story. that to me. That just gets me so excited. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Swamp People is like one of my favorite shows of all time. You know, I, I love I love just like belligerent, I, I would say biasness a little bit. Like, like just like where like you were just so ingrained, like, nope, this is the way it is. And I feel like that's like most of the state of Louisiana. Like, we are the way we are. We don't care what you guys do outside of here. Yeah, so just leave us to our, you know, etouffee. Gumbo, people going to talk like down here. That's awesome. That is, it's like its own little country. It is. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's way better than Texas. The language it's is right different. next door. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Burrow transferred to LSU, and all of a sudden, his last name spelling changed. <laughs> just, just, what just other totally place changed. can say that? J e a u x b u r r e a u x. Just yes, perfect. The, one of the reasons I included LSU in this, in that it feels like LSU doesn't have this natural rival, and maybe you can correct me yeah. on that. They don't have this big-time consistent rival, but they've been consistently good for a very long time. Well, the English language is one. That's a, that's their <laughs> biggest rival, I think, is that. And, and, and just alligators in the wild. Like, mm-hmm. wildlife, I think, was, is probably their second biggest rival. Yeah, and I true. love the fact that they have, like, a full season, and it's during football season. I think it's, like, October, November. I could be wrong. I probably am. Where, like, that's where you have, like, gator, gator hunting season. God, it makes me so excited. I like. I really wanted to do that. That's like. That's my. That's my bucket list. Some people want to like skydive. I want to shoot like eighty-seven holes in the bottom of like a pontoon boat trying to hunt alligators. We're learning a lot of stuff about you today. <laughs> a lot of stuff you didn't want to know, or probably already assumed. Either way, but I. I like. I like this pick for LSU. I think it's probably the best representation out of the SEC, especially with like the parameters yep. we have, where like you have to have a national relevance. You have to have like. I mean, I. I like Georgia because I mean Georgia went through a phase, and I still think like with their apparel is like one of the top five like a like brands for apparel throughout the entire country. Georgia's interesting too. I hesitated to include them just because they all of a sudden like Say just it. had this rise and they're a tough team to include because anybody that if you if you call them America's team now, it would seem like a bandwagon type thing. So right. Georgia fans, that's why I excluded the dogs from this list. But LSU is also a good candidate in my opinion because I think if you ask the random person Go if you had a choice to go experience a college football Saturday oh Saturday God. night, where are you going? And I think I think the winner would be Death Valley. And I think people I, would yeah. want to go to LSU to see to see a night game. And I think and I've always said, like, I remember asking my brother this question ten years ago of where would you go to school if you could just go to school and have nothing but the football experience? And he was always yeah. like, LSU, hands down. Without a doubt. 
Like, like, and so I've admittedly, I've been to a lot of places around like the SEC. I've never been to LSU, and part of that is because, like, it's it's the number one stadium I want to go to on like on my list. I've been to the Swamp, I've been to Tuscaloosa, obviously, I've been to Vandy, been to Georgia, South Carolina, all that kind of stuff. Sick brag. This is yeah, no big deal. We can talk about it. <laughs> I've, I've like I've never gone to Baton Rouge because as a Bama fan, like I don't I know how I get when I drink. And I don't know if I'll make it out safely for yeah. my own doing, which I think is fair and, and and honest of myself, which is endearing. Also a problem. Very but, but but like I want to go. I remember reading this thing, and I remember like the Rosillo and SVP trip they took down there, which was hilarious. Rosillo's going down there again this year too. He's going oh down to. God. They're doing a. I think they're. He's doing a. He's doing a pregame show from uh, from walk-ons. I think that's the plan for the Alabama game, of course. Oh my God! See, I, I just like. SVP, he's he's had he's a veteran of Dewey Beach, Delaware, which is like one of my favorite spots, and and he's he's a legend. But like I remember reading this thing in ESPN, and they went down for the Georgia LSU game 2007. So when Georgia had no Sean, they were like one of that that tear where they closed out as like one of the best teams in the country. And I remember them talking about how whoever was down there like doing the story Friday night, they he's like with a host. You know, that has like a massive tailgate. And they stayed out to like 2.30 in the morning. He said he woke up the next morning, like on the floor or on the couch, something like that. And he wakes up with somebody nudging him. And he's just holding a like lukewarm tequila shot in his face at 7 o'clock in the morning. Even for me, that's too much. But at the same time, like that's who I want to be around. Like that's that's the kind of people, until they get too drunk, I want to be around for <laughs> SEC football games. So that's, that is 100% where I would want to go. All right, LSU, America's team. Two, two last candidates that I want to throw out. This one, this one I know I know this program has a lot of enemies or a lot of people who hate it, but I think in this what they could become, it's, it's a little bit it's a much better case, and that is a Mark Richt-led Miami Hurricanes. No, I'm not on board for this. Turnover chain, people are really getting on board with that. Absolutely not. Cool right. Uncle Mark with that, that terrible goatee. Miami's Miami's just done so many things in the 80s that were so unlikable. I know. I know. And, it's and too you tough think to about it like that. that's what people like romanticize like it's like the greatest era right. besides like the greatest generation, the greatest era like Reagan, Reagan and Bush 84. I can't get on board with this one. Yeah, that's that would be you would have to it'd be, be maybe more so like the millennial crowd that does that wasn't around for all that stuff that doesn't even remember Jeremy Shockey or anything like that. Any of the the, the Miami teams that, that generated so much hate. I thought last year they were kind of getting to a point where it felt like they were America's team in a way with a turnover chain and they were becoming cool they again. They were super popular, but it was like... Very popular. It was like the way like America got excited about like dabbing. It was like, oh, right. okay, are we doing this? right? Are we still doing it? And like every time you turn on TV, you saw the turnover chain and some like eight-year-old white kid named Tanner that was doing like a million dabs <laughs> in five and a half seconds. Like, all right, Tanner, that's enough. All right, that's we don't need 50 shots of Alex Rodriguez and J-Lo at the game. We get it. <laughs> yeah. I just did I just did the, the just speed dab. Like Twelve <laughs> times. That was great. One last one, real quick. This might not be applicable anymore, but I think it was maybe three, four years ago. What about Oregon? No. Not Oregon? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I can't really I'm not allowed to say it because my girlfriend went to Oregon State. Yeah, but no, like no, you're biased. But yeah, Oregon's pretty awesome. They have badass uniforms. It's loud, as loud as can nope. be up there. But like Oregon, it's and they also the duck comes out on a motorcycle, which is pretty badass. Maybe not hated by by a lot yeah. of people yet because they don't have that that deep rooted history. It's also like it's a cooler version. Like like geese are from Canada, and the geese are the worst. <laughs> like I'm not saying Canadians are the worst, but geese are the worst. Ducks are cool, man. Geese like try to attack you on the golf course, and it makes you very uncomfortable while you're trying to chip. Ducks don't ever do that. They ride motorcycles out into like the loudest stadium in the country. Oh, I'm soundbite for soundbite. This might be the best episode we've ever had. <laughs> geese are the worst. That's a good reason to make Oregon America's team. Those are our ideas. Throw some ideas at us. This isn't an open and closed discussion. I just think it's a fun one to, to have and one that we maybe don't have enough. I think we talk about a lot of weird, random debates in sports, and I think that's a good one to have. So Yeah, this was a good tangent. <laughs> sticking along the America 4th of July theme that we were going on today, we came up with something about a month and a half ago that we thought about throwing out for Memorial Day, and then we're like, yeah, let's, let's not. Memorial Day is a different tone, a different meaning. Let's yeah. save it for 4th of July. So this idea, you've done a lot of work for this. This is what every coach's role in the SEC, every coach in the SEC, what their role would be at a 4th of July barbecue slash cookout, whatever you want to call right. it. Right. Yeah. And that's, first off, I'm so over that. I know. Me too. I that entire that. argument. Like, I've, I've lost track of what, which side I'm even on on that. 
But if you're having a back backyard soiree, we'll call just, it that. I just like eating a lot of food outdoors. Can I just do that and not worry about what it's called? <laughs> all I want to do is get drunk before 11 a.m. and have it not be a problem and just lay on a, a raft in the pool all day. What is the issue? <laughs> Above ground, below ground, I don't care. Just put me in the water. Yeah, just put me in water, so, give me some food, I'm fine. Yeah, toss me a hot dog every now and then. I'm going to pee in here. It's totally fine. No, we probably took it too far. Anyway, but I, I brought it to Connor. I was like, all right, here's the deal. Imagine if you were having, like, imagine having, like, a barbecue or cookout in your backyard, but it's only SEC coaches. Like, who would be doing what? And then I got real excited about it. Yeah. And, and wrote down every, for the most part, every coach's role <laughs> in what would be happening. Fire away. So, first off, you got Orgeron on the grill. No doubt. We got Orgeron coming out here. We're going to have some brats. We're going to have big old pot gumbo on the other side. We're going we gonna to have a hot dog, hamburger. You put whatever you want. We can probably put some cheeseburger on there, too. But more, more part, we gonna have we gonna have ourselves a good time out here with that. You know what I realized is that your coach O sounds an awful lot like uh, what's his name uh, Billy Bob. No, not his name's not Billy Bob. Who's the guy from Waterboy that you can't understand? Yeah, that's exactly what he sounds like. Okay, just just make it sure. Continue. Okay, so he's definitely on the grill, and and he's like your he's like the uncle like that never doesn't have a beer in his hand, but mm-hmm. also never gets drunk because he's like indestructible. Right. Another reason why LSU is a good version of like America, mm-hmm. indestructible. So. Saban is going to be on the dance floor Duh. the whole time, just kind of like off on his own, doing the cha-cha slide, which for what seems like an eternity, probably playing a little bit of, he loves he loves MJ, who doesn't? Oh, of course. Why so I'll throw he? that out there. Probably a little Earth, Wind, and Fire. I feel like he would probably have a decent 70s American-themed playlist. Mullen, Dan Mullen, he's your bartender. Yeah, he'd be, he would make it like the, he, he would go into the science of making drinks, and I feel like he would be really... no. Absolutely not. No, he. you would order like an old-fashioned. He's like, yeah, all right, pansy. And it'd be like a Jack and Coke. Like it yeah. would only be two ingredient drinks. And then like I feel like he'd have a cigar in his mouth the whole time. And and like when you'd have your back turned, you would just know he was still there because he's the opposite of Cocho. And like after four or five drinks, he would he would get pretty lubed up, as I like to call it. And and like that's when like bad jokes would be coming out of his mouth and, and all these like other things like your uncle that you is kind of fun to be around, but like, you know what, I'll see you at Thanksgiving. These are a bit much. You're you're a loose cannon. Dan Mullen has an interesting way of I think he rubs some coaches the wrong way. I think it's fair yeah, to say that. Because he's fun. He's fun and he's not really afraid to to say certain things if it offends people. Almost right. Just and he doesn't really have like he's got a filter, but not in the way that a typical coach of a major program does. Right. And I, I say that because I think we're going to see that a lot at Florida. We didn't we saw it at Mississippi State, but it's different when you're at a place like Florida yeah. where you have a lot more people to offend. I mean, he can fire more shots across the bow from Florida, but he could make as a bartender he can make the occasional comment like that. And as yeah. you know, that's not that offensive. Oh, it's just no. the bartender saying that. <laughs> I'm barely offended by a lot of things. So, right. I mean, yeah, I, I think he'd be like one of those things where it's like you just be like in conversation, all of a sudden like uproarious laughter would come from something. It's because he told a dirty joke and then like takes a puff off his cigar. He's like, huh? Am I right? Am I right? I'm like, oh, Uncle Dan. Oh, yeah. Matt Luke, permanent holding me up in the pool for chicken fighting. That's his only job. Yeah, you'd go undefeated. Yeah, without a doubt. Can you imagine us together? That fire and grit, like just constantly. Pfft, trying to like blow his hair back up because he's got like water coming down his face and dripping down his mouth. That's Matt Luke. Wasn't Matt Luke an offensive lineman, if I'm not Probably. mistaken? I don't yeah. know. I mean, he, he's built like one. He, uh, the way like offensive linemen usually have this personality about them where yeah. they're really easy to talk to, Matt Luke gives off that vibe. I would not be surprised. Don't fact check me. But also that. he's going to take it too far at some point. Probably. Yeah. Let's see. His his rival, Joe Moorhead, he's playing Wilson from Home Improvement. He's yep. just on the other side of the fence, just kind of peering in like, mm-hmm. howdy, neighbors. Like, shut up, Joe. And Sorry we didn't invite you. He's kind of the guy who's late to the party, now doesn't have the SEC roots, and he's just kind of right. peeking over, just making sure everything's quiet. Yeah. Also, I, I could that. not, I have no idea what his face looks like, I'll be honest. So, Media Days will be a giant surprise for me. Two weeks away. <laughs> Can't wait. Will Muschamp, lifeguard. Lifeguard, yep. constantly yelling at people. You don't really need a lifeguard at a backyard party, but Muschamp, would, he would assume that role just because it's a good time to yell at people. No, right. Probably, yeah, he'd be like a mix between like your cool older brother that like just got out, like back from like, I don't know, like he's like in the Army Reserves or something, or like he's like a much cooler version of 
the guy who played Rudy, but his character in Fifty First Dates, who's oh, like wearing yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. like the like the seat, yes, in Fifty First Dates, steroids, yeah, right. Just like constantly a little bit on edge. I'll show it off his pecs. That's not our way of saying we think Will Muschamp takes steroids, but yeah. It's my way of saying that. You heard it here first. <laughs> Just kidding. That's, that's a joke. Let's see. But no, Muschamp as a lifeguard constantly yelling at uh, Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris for running around too fast. Definitely. It's always want to go. Always want to go. Always want to go. Yep. Jimbo. Jimbo's definitely like... He's got like a fold-up chair next to the bar, and he's definitely just telling drunk stories and tall tales oh, about yeah. fish that he caught that were huge. Other stuff, I don't know. Speaking I just feel like he's telling drunk stories a minute. Oh yeah, and he's wearing some like ridiculous pair of like gator skin loafers for some reason. Yes. Like, damn it, Jimbo, why? But why? And a Tommy Bahama shirt. A lot of Tommy Bahama shirts. Here. Oh, that would be a staple. That yeah. would be a staple. If you're not wearing a golf shirt at one of these things, it's a Tommy Bahama shirt. Yes. Maybe it's a, a it's a it's a university themed Tommy Bahama shirts. I've seen those too. And it's like some stupid on the back with like a golf ball teed up and it's like happy fourth of July, y'all. And he's like, Y'all see my shirt? Come on, man. It's damn hilarious. And Mullen's probably wearing like a Joe's Crab Shack shirt. Like, I got crabs at, at Joe's. Like, y'all y'all get it, man? Come on now. That's, That's like having those a two dad perfect. joke on your shirt. <laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, Stoops, Odom, Mason. They're just swimming in the shallow end with floaties on. Probably a t-shirt. Aww. Not Mason. Mason's, like, pretty ripped. But, like, Mason's definitely, like, the one who's, like, put like who, like, plugs his nose when he jumps in and then, like, looks up and he's got, like, <laughs> goggles on that are, like, way too big. And he's just like, hey, guys. I'm like, hey, Derek. Glad you can make it by. Is your mom going to pick you up soon? Because, like, it's getting kind of late. You can't sleep over again. And that is our 4th of July barbecue, guys. Wow. I think we managed to offend every single SEC player <laughs> with that. Even Sorry, people, guys. Even the people who are like, Nick Saban should never dance ever again. I think no. we offended them, too. I, although I think Nick Saban should be dancing. Wait, we I didn't mean, get... Yeah. There, there are some that we left out. We didn't get Kirby. Oh, he's just probably in the backyard giving himself his own haircut. He's probably recruiting. He's not going to make it to a, a, That's a 4th of July barbecue. Kirby shows up late because he was out recruiting on right. 4th of July. With, a, with an evil smile on his face. Like, what What? What'd you do? And he, like, shows up. Like, he's, like, the guy that would show up, like, with, like, a new car but didn't want to tell anybody. He's like, yeah. oh, well, yo, why don't y'all come out front and I'll show you. And it's, like, a Mustang convertible. I'm like, it's all right. We get it, dude. You're making $40,000 a year now. Kirby's also the guy that kind of along the lines of Ed Orgeron, he has, like, maybe six, seven beers and... You look over and you realize that he still hasn't said a word yet. You're yeah. wondering, <laughs> when, when is this guy going to get it going? Because he is not, he's not buzzing yet. Kirby, you were there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was. Maybe he's you might, I'm going to go get another Miller Lite. Anybody else want anything? <laughs> yeah, Kirby, I'll do it. It's only, only, like, Kirby definitely, he's he's the kind of person that I feel like is like, what I would say about like most dads, where it's like, they if, they, if they're drinking, like at an event, like with just like their boys, like poker night, or just by themselves mm-hmm. in the garage, it is one of the three, like, titans of domestic light beer, which is, like, Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light. He seems like a Miller Light guy. No doubt. To be honest. But, like, when he's, like, at a fancy event, like, yeah, I'll have one Makers and Ginger or a Beam and Ginger, and I'll do a Stella because it's almost fancy. That's that's Kirby's smart in a nutshell right there. Gosh, I love me some Stella. Can I That'd take off good. this damn bow tie, honey? <laughs> no, you. we haven't got a picture yet. You look great. You look great in it. Oh, with, dang. With his hair combed especially down <laughs> and to the side. Yeah. Oh, Pam, I'm fix, not going to say it again. I'm not wearing this damn bow tie any longer. <laughs> I've already had this stupid cummerbund on. That, that's Kirby. We, we're really jealous of you. <laughs> Anybody who's listening who gets to experience a 4th of July barbecue or any sort of cookout with an SEC coach, yeah. we're obviously very jealous. We'd love to get to do that someday. <laughs> We've made it through two topics, by yes, the way. Yes, we have. <laughs> our next topic, along our, our, our same theme that we're going with, our 4th of July theme episode of the SDS podcast, our most American moments of college football. Now, you, you might be thinking to yourself, there's an American moment before every single game because, you know, they do the national, national anthem. anthem. Maybe they have an occasional God Bless America in there every once in a while, something like that. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good stuff. But there are, there are two that, when I think of American patriotic moments in college football, these two moments stick out for me. <laughs> The first of which I'm embarrassed that I had explained to you earlier. You should know I, this. I remember you, you made such a ridiculous statement about how you were so entrenched in the SEC. I remember the season. I remember the record. I forgot who they were playing in the bowl game. I just remember the quote. It's probably past my bedtime, man. Probably. I was in college at this time. I was probably out. So in the 2009 Orange Bowl, or the 2009 season, 2010 is technically when the game was played, I think. Iowa quarterback Ricky Stanzi had an all-time 
all-time moment where Chris Myers was on the podium with him, and they asked him after he won the game. Chris Myers asked Ricky Stanzi, he says, you know, do you feel like you won this game for, for middle America, for, you know, for a specific <laughs> group of statement. people? Really, really weird question. Super awkward. And Ricky Stanzi responds in the greatest way possible. He says, quote, there's nothing better than being American. If you don't love it, leave it. USA number one. USA number one. <laughs> that Glorious. is incredible. Unbelievable. I don't think Ricky Stanzi's paid for a drink at a bar since he said this quote. I don't think he also might have been an American citizen because no one, no one that is says USA number one. And it just closes like that. Also, you could have told me I, I the, the quarterback last year for Iowa was Ricky Stanzi, and I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I believe that. He's Ricky like Stanzi Auburn kickers. Time. Yeah. I, Iowa quarterbacks and Auburn kickers. Again, there's been four I think total in my <laughs> lifetime, and they've all worn number five or number eleven. Like that's every single Iowa quarterback. Yeah. One, and then an even number usually goes with it for like right twelve or sixteen or <laughs> right, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that that that's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. It's a moment that I think I have. I have two two of my very very good friends are went to Iowa. They were all in on that season that year, and oh, I remember yeah. watching that with them, and they were just blown away by how great that moment was. But I think it is only it's only gotten better over the years. Yeah. It's a really fun soundbite to to go look back on. If you're sitting on a computer right now, go YouTube that because it's right. it's absolutely it's perfect, and it makes you proud to be an American. Is yeah. right when he says that you're like, yeah, it's pretty amen. awesome. It's and awesome. I'm I'm super patriotic and. As much as I joke around, like that is like one thing I'm like I'm serious about. And I'll I'll share a story about what we're talking about with the next one after we talk about it. But like I I love I love this next one. So nine eleven. Wow. Oh jeez. <laughs> really went for it that. there. Should've done that. Yeah, so, that's the most awkward way. It, speaking of cookouts, if you want to just like clear oh, out God. a way without doing it by like farting or something like that. So just say, Ricky, you so, just won the Orange Bowl. What are your thoughts on nine eleven? Nine eleven. What like. Yeah, no. it's it's such an awkward thing to bring up because it's everyone so everyone remembers where they were. So this is what's cool about this is I remember I went to I'm pretty sure it was Bama Arkansas. It was the because everything got delayed for a week. I'm pretty sure it happened on a Thursday. I want to say. And then they pushed the schedule back. Yeah. yeah, a week. And so and that like I this was obviously a bigger incident that like you know meant a lot to other people and like kind of makes like sports take like a backseat. But what? So this your memory from this was South Carolina Mississippi State playing the first, first game, game afterwards. Yeah, first game after nine eleven, and ESPN had this tremendous lead in for it. I think it was Chris Jones who was announcing it. It was yeah. awesome. It was two minutes, basically saying, you know, this is such a tough time in our country, but you know, we're going to try and get back to, to normal. We're going to do this yeah. in a way that gives honor and tribute to the country. And then they had this. The USA chants break out in the crowd it's in the incredible. pregame. They have a presentation of the flag, and it just gave me chills. And they sing I'm, America I have the chills like just talking about it. Like it's, it, it's unbelievable. USA, USA chants aside, like like my best friend, one of my best friends, Rich uh, Janowski. He he served two tours in Afghanistan. We spent his actually his uh his wedding anniversary is July fourth, which is kind of cool, but also ruins any kind of July fourth get together we ever want to have. So thanks for that, Rich. But no, like we, we, our whole group of like. Like my best friends, like we're all like super patriotic, and this is like again one of those moments. Like I remember the next night, Tom Petty performing on like ABC for like the like pledge drive. They're trying to raise money and singing like "Won't Back Down," which was just like an incredible moment. My favorite part after this was the USA chance. I have goosebumps just thinking about this. Is when George Bush came out and threw out the first pitch against the the Yankee, the, the Yankee yeah. like in the World Series for like Yankees. Not World Series, but it was like Yankees Mets. I think that was incredible. But so for me. And I, I was going to share this story, and I've told you about this before. 9-11 was, like, kind of crazy for me because my mom, is like I brought up before, single parent, very close to me. She had had a job where she had traveled a bunch for, like, for like her, her work. She'd worked her way up from administrative assistant to executive, like, VP or something like that. And she had a trip to New York the second week of September every single year. And in 2001, that July, she decided she felt called to leave that job where she was making like all this money and worked her way up, like a, spent like a, her entire career working towards it to become a, a pastor. So she quit this job making like $150,000 a year and supporting her family and all that kind of stuff. And that was the first September, second week of September, she didn't go to New York. And her office was located on the 91st floor of the South Tower and took a direct hit. And so for me, I'm trying to get choked up, but that's just Unbelievable. like, it's such an incredible story. And I hate, I hate sharing it sometimes. Cause it's like one of those things where, you know, I hate that. Like, like I'm so fortunate to have still have my mom after that story, 
but there's so many people that lost like loved ones that day. And it's just, it, and I hate, I hate like the disparity between those two things, but it's something like that I'll never forget, obviously. And like the, the, the post nine eleven stuff, like I'm such a sucker for, for most things patriotic. Like when you say most American moments of college football, I can't necessarily point out like one specific moment, but like the two that kind of stick out for me is the, the wave to the kids at the Iowa football games, the home games. The best new tradition in college football. It really is. And the reason why I say that is like the most American thing for me is because especially with how how polarizing politics have become and everything like social issues have become in this country and everything's an argument. If you're not just disagreeing, you're the enemy if you don't agree with like this other person. And it's, and I'm, I'm bad about it on social media sometimes, but like it's it's so sad to see how much of a division we have. Moments like that where you have an entire stadium whether you're a fan of like a rival school, whether you're on a different political party or anything yep. like that, all walks of life, everyone stops and comes together for that one moment. And that's that's why that would be like one of the most American moments for me. That and like any time somebody gets surprised with like their their dad came back or their mom came back oh, from like yes. war. Oh my God. Waterworks every just, time. I'll just be like, wait, there's been so many times where we'll be, I'll be sitting like, like when I had roommates and stuff, like they'd be like, are you crying? I'm like, no. No. Yeah. All right. I am. I've been like, what are you doing? Like, I've been YouTubing those videos. Like, the return home again. It's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, Tom Rinaldi, man. A lot of college football stadiums do that, where they'll have a moment during a TV timeout or something, where they'll say, "We'd like to welcome home a soldier who's served overseas for the past, you know, three, four years, seeing their families for the first time." Then. They They're bring like him waving out there. to him. Oh, man. oh my that, god, that stuff gets you. And, Tom and Rinaldi is—he's like universal. the Nicholas Sparks of for for men. He, he's like, it's like not the Notebook where it's like waterworks. It's like oh, heartstrings for men. It's yeah. a tough topic, but yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it right now. And then he just tells a story of like, oh, good lord. Anyway, there are so <laughs> many things I'm going to YouTube after this. That being yeah. one of them again. Man. Oh, sorry. Right, Have a good cry this 4th of July. We're getting emotional here talking about America. That's right. It's just we're passionate about this. Let's talk about something else that's very near and dear to our hearts, and that is the most American scenes from movies. Now, I had probably four or five that came to mind oh, immediately. And yeah, they're sports movies. Sorry. I love, I love me a sports movie. Don't hate on me. The first that came to my mind, and maybe this came to mind for, for you too. Yeah. The Sandlot scene, 4th of July, they stop playing, they watch the fireworks, America the Beautiful that, is playing. Yeah. Ray Charles. Hands down. That is one of the best scenes. One I'm of the best. that one first. The best. Uh, that, if that doesn't make you proud as an American and just kind of nostalgic and, yeah. and thinking about, oh man, it's such, such now, a special moment, that I, I don't know. What, what, I, what I will say, the one you have, the one you have second... <laughs> is the greatest and I don't mean I don't, I don't care I, I I make a lot of jokes on here and a lot of stuff I say isn't necessarily serious I will say this and I'm being a hundred percent serious this is the greatest movie in the world in the history of the world and it's the greatest piece of American literature you will ever read or see played out on screen Rocky four we're talking of course Rocky four spoiler alert Rocky beats the Russian Drago. I the and you just saying it like that gives it so much disservice. I so know. first off, you have to think too that Rocky. First off, Sylvester Stallone was cross training for Rambo three while he was shooting Rocky four. So he's in peak yeah. peak shape. Oh, he yeah. has like right now when I sit down, I have what I like to call like rib boobs, where it, like <laughs> there's like extra skin around my ribs. I'm like I got rib like that's it's just not good. He had rib abs. He had like a six pack on They're his rib cage. Marler. Obliques. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Rib boobs. Yeah. So anyway, he looked incredible. He looked incredible. He's fighting a guy. First off, I mean Rocky doesn't even he doesn't even train. He's in he's in mourning of Apollo Creed's death for such a long time because he didn't again, throw the sorry. damn towel in. Throw the damn towel, Rock. Didn't throw the damn towel in. Also, he had a robot that was like weirdly in love with Uncle Polly, which was that. We'll get to that some other time. That was a weird. That was a nice little eighties storyline subplot of that movie. Yeah. Now, so, but like Rocky comes in, he doesn't train hardly at all. This well, Russian's he does been train when he gets to Russia. For a day and a half no, in the snow. No, not a day and a half. It was, like, it was like literally a week. He trained for like a week for this like fight. And it was like, it was, it was not, but okay. Either way, but like the other guy's like in like a curves fitness center, but in like, it was like a, it looked like a Bally's in yes. the 80s. And he's like inside, he had this inexplicably big like track indoors with nothing in the middle of the track. Very dark Just, track. I don't know yeah. why it had to be so dark. Just turn the lights on for the guy. And he had to like throw a punch like every eighth of a mile, which made no sense either. But mm-hmm. then he had like a treadmill 
and then some like other state of the art equipment, and they were just doping them up. We're like, oh, and yeah. it was so eighties where they would like have this like really inspiring music, but they would zoom in and it'd be like Rocky's lifting up like an ox that's been dead for three days, and he put it on his back and climbed up the back stairs of the house. Like that's like what it was. He's like, and then he threw it off his shoulders. Some crazy. You ever want to get pumped up to go work out? <laughs> this that. scene, yeah. my god! And then and then they like zoom back to the Russian, and it's like a needle with stuff coming out of it, <laughs> and then, and then go back cheat. to yeah. I think you know how Russians are. Oh, they they've cheat. never cheated since then. So yeah, we're totally not going to get into that. But yeah, sure. So but then it's like go back to Rocky, and he's lifting up his entire family yep. inside of like a giant wheelbarrow or some <gasps> crap. Yeah, yeah. Over his that's his shoulder press. The face so that he, he makes is just <laughs> perfect. Slack jawed, just drooling on himself. So then he then he beats the Russian, and not only that, but the entire pro-Russian crowd, which he's fighting in Russia on Turns Christmas. On it turns on him is like rocky rocky incredible and then, and then he gives a speech that literally tore down the berlin wall and into the cold war and i know I can, berlin's not in russia but still if i can change you can change everybody can change everybody can you do a really good rocky or sylvester stallone hey, you bully <laughs> um yeah so that scene is definitely on this list the whole Very patriotic moment basically it's an hour and a half People forget that. I, I watched it with a Russian girl one time that I was kind of dating. Eek. So, Different just, side of the story on that yeah. one. Yeah, we, we broke up shortly after. It's yeah. not a joke. So another one. How about D2 Mighty Ducks? Yes, Absolutely it not. has some plot holes, we know, but USA beating Iceland, and then they get to sing We Are the Champions at the end. Come on. It's, it's a pretty good moment. It makes you proud that what? you have a youth hockey team that can win against the 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 Icelandic <laughs> team that obviously is just obsessed with winning. And it's basically Russia 2.0 from what yeah. they try and create in Rocky, but they're very, very hateable point. with their black uniforms. and st- Yeah, black uniforms, right? Yeah, well, yeah it was. What I will say about, about this whole movie is, yes, I, this is the most unrealistic movie in the history of movies, and it's not. I'm not going to get into it like we did this morning, but the one most American thing about this movie is... <laughs> is the fact that the only reason 90%, in the same way that 90% of America probably still has to sing that Gwen Stefani song to spell bananas. My wife does that, actually. Yeah. Yes, true story. Okay, so 90% of the reason why any American knows that Iceland is green and Greenland's full of ice is from this movie. I will not disagree with that. I think that's 100% accurate. It's the most, but the fact, if you, if you flash back to 1994 Compton in LA and you're going to tell me that a group of young adolescents are playing street roller hockey yeah i'm not gonna believe that i'm not on board with that guys speaking of hockey okay yeah this is good the entire movie miracle is basically one big i'm proud to be an american moment but it's long there's a scene in that movie and it's not the game winning goal that gives the most the most sort of american pride because everybody knows what's gonna happen and it's not a real thing <laughs> different, damn it. I, different movie. We, we, we just did guy. Mighty Ducks. We just did Mighty Ducks. So the scene from Miracle that I love is when they're they had like they laid an egg in that exhibition game or whatever. It was a lead into Lake Placid. Oh, and he has to make some run laps, but and makes them run those 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 sprints nonstop back and Where forth, back from? and forth. Hey, where are you from? Where are you from? Who do you play for? And they Jesus, say Boston Herb, College. I'm tired. Boston College, uh, Minnesota, blah, blah, blah. And then they finally, they're going back and forth. The assistant coach is blowing the whistle the entire time. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill these kids. Right. Uh, They're going to die because I keep blowing this whistle. Yeah. And he's like, Herb, just stop, just stop. And then finally, finally, the captain, Michael Michael Rosioni, Rosioni. gets asked the question. And he's winded. And he's out of breath. He says, I play for the United States of America. And, and thank like, God, because I was tired of it. Like, where are you from? It's like UMass Lowell, <laughs> Wisconsin, Bethune Cookman, like all these other schools. You're like, what? Like, yeah, big hockey tradition up here. Like, it was only four teams, Minnesota, yeah. and then all those. But yeah, that, that part was pretty cool. And the game winning goal. Like, still to this day, that is one of the most iconic moments in American sports history. Because, and you know what's crazy? People don't remember this. Well, they probably do now. This has been reported on so much. But like, like Russia was a obviously a big rival for us. People don't know that the only time we didn't win gold for like 40 or 50 years in basketball was because of Russian collusion in 1972 and we got the oh, bronze. Oh, they even forgot that. They even no. forgot that. So this this whole thing with beating the Russians, I mean, they came and played the NHL All-Star team beat them like 11 to 1 or something crazy like that. But this was a semifinal matchup. This wasn't even for the gold. But it meant so much more, to, like you know, because we're like at the, the the peak of the Cold War. But also, what's weird about this is this this was played at two thirty in the afternoon. 
And then they just aired it that night because it was the '80s and people didn't have Twitter or like anything like that. And it's like, oh, are you ready for this game? I don't, I don't, don't, no one tell me the surprise. No one tell me what happened. This would basically be Alabama losing to UAB. I don't know why you didn't say it like that. It was Sorry, just, UAB. I, I know you're like on the rise again after. You oh, because like Alabama down, but... and UAB are in cahoots with each other because it's an Alabama-based university, like the way America. Well, Russia I was are. thinking that because UAB basically had to start from scratch and build the program up and all of a sudden beat this power. Yeah, but, yeah I meant something different. But I'm yeah, bringing it back to the SEC. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it relatable, Chris. Just go with I, I love. I love the next next one where you just put every scene in Forrest Gump. Yes, <laughs> every single scene in Forrest Gump. Proud to be an American. How about the Gettysburg scene from Remember the Titans? Pretty yeah. good one. They run like a billion miles from 3 in the morning until it's light out, right. apparently. Can, can tell you 100%. That message didn't across didn't get across to a single person in that group because all of them were like, "Thank God we're not running trails right now because it's 1960s and they haven't developed actual good running shoes and right. my knees and ankles are dying." Yeah, and they had to run back too. That's the most underrated yeah. part of that scene. That was a that was a long day for those kids. Don't know if they were flying <laughs> these, high school football. These, these last two, yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, I'm not getting well. You take these last more heat exhaustion. I'll take these last two, and I'll, I'll keep it quick because I have a tendency to get long-winded about things I'm passionate about. <laughs> Over the top. Oh, boy. Connor's never seen it, y'all. If, you, if you've never – not as sorry as you're going to be. I mean, yeah. like, I don't really know what that means. But listen, over the top, <laughs> over the – like, he, Connor's like, no, I don't I don't think I've seen it. And it's like me, him, and our boss, Kevin, are trying to talk about it. And he's like, what's what's it about? And I was like, oh, I'm glad you asked, Connor. It's a movie with Sylvester Stallone where he arm wrestles for custody of his son. What? I, that, what? that plot line, I don't know how <laughs> I missed that. He arm wrestles for custody of his son, and like he goes to this final championship. And I remember the championship was first off his name's Lincoln Hawk, and he he like when he's trying to arm wrestle to to, to get in the zone, he turns his hat around. That's it. It flips a switch, nice. and that, that's it's just, it's an incredible movie. And then last, I'll say it's not a movie, but it, this is I, I did a <laughs> I did a, a piece one time called "Make America 1991 Again" because it's the greatest year in American history, and I don't care what anybody says. And one of the reasons why is there's a music video from Michael Bolton, and I know a lot of you are like, "All right, can't get on board with that." Michael Bolton, I said I love you, but I lied. It is the most American video in the history of the world. Go YouTube it right now, and I will tell you in the first 30 seconds, if you're not proud to be an American, because he's he's wearing what I refer to as the 1991 uniform, which is like an oversized white button-down <laughs> that's unbuttoned past his sternum. So it's like getting near his belly button, way oversized, almost kimono style, tucked into like a pair of khakis or jeans. He's walking through water. There's fire that he's walking through. There's an eagle flying above him, and then there's a, it pans to wild horses. That's in the first 20 freaking seconds, y'all. Strap in. We gave our listeners so roll many things tied. to do. <laughs> Strap in, roll tide. <laughs> All right, speaking of 1991, we're going to end. Oh, no. Did I forget? Family no, Feud. we don't. We don't have it this week. We don't have Family Feud. We don't have it I'm off the hook. Did, you're off the hook. And, and listen, oh, it's, I'm going to make week. it extra hard on you last week because we did America last week, and I tried to come up with some stuff. Oh, man. So no Family Feud this week. Tune no in next week feud. when it's, right. it'll be really good. Next week, you know, I'm a humble brag here. Next week, we're going to do a Family Feud game style show because a week from today, I will be on TV for a game show I was on. Ooh, yeah, really? Yeah, I'll share it next week because I've seen the pictures of it, and I am enormously obese in these photos, and I do not. I'm not looking forward to sharing it, but we'll talk about it next week. Just just tune in next week for it. We got a, a podcast figure. Not to body shame, but you know, <laughs> right now you got the podcast figure. It, once you it. get on TV, it just it provides the motivation. I'm not providing you the motivation by sitting here and looking at you on FaceTime while we record yeah. this little little, no, peel, little peel behind the onion there. But there it is. One of the when when you get on TV, that's <sighs> that's why all people who are on TV then it gets they, real. Then it gets real, and you're like, I don't want to look at that over and over. I got to do no, something. Ever. But you're doing something. So that's good. Sure, whatever. So, Moving on. We're not body shaming. We're not body shaming. <laughs> might mean too much. Fourth of July edition of this. Actually, only one of them is Fourth of July, and the other one is just too good not to include here. Yeah, that's true. So the first one, definitely Fourth of July theme. And it's a little return of the Mac, our best friend, the shark man himself, Jim McElwain. <laughs> Don't know if you saw this, but July 1st rolled around, and Jim McElwain got a million dollars from Florida as part of his buyout. <sighs> He already got $3.75 million last December as the first installment of his payments. Yeah. And he got another twenty five grand in February just because. I don't know I didn't why. like the way you threw this in here at but all. But he gets this million-dollar check that just 
just goes right in, just shows up on his doorstep, yeah. I think. Well, Why no, it's probably in his, a million wired in his bank account. Sources? With some yeah. publisher's clearinghouse, Connor. Do you still get direct deposit when you're a former employee? How does that work? I'm sure I'm sure they don't mail you a check for a million dollars. Yeah, they have to I'm, just I'm find sure a way to like, put it in there. I don't know, man. Maybe it got lost in the mail. And like, oh, well, damn USPS, man. Heard if that. If you're a coach who's ever received a million dollar buyout or something like that, just yeah, call let us, us know how this works. Is it money laundering? Because that could be exciting. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That also, I, I love the fact that you had to throw this in here because it says $1 million on July 1st. As most of you know, starting July 1st, I became a full-time employee at yes. SCS. Finally. Yes. And all I got was this stupid T-shirt. So it's like... I don't have a T-shirt. I'm kidding. I don't have a T-shirt either. Right. I just I just seen T-shirts that say that. Jim McElwain is going to have the most lit 4th of July ever <laughs> because he just got a million dollars. So many sharks. He doesn't have to worry about being the face of a program. If he loses a finger or two, eh. All right. That, man, that video, and they were like, surprising, shocking video of this girl getting her finger bitten off by a shark. No, guys, that's what sharks do. Unless you talk to them, listen to their feelings, caress their back, the small of their back, just like Jim McElwain does. Yes, Jim McElwain knows how to treat a shark. Yeah, he does. I don't know if he knows how to do uh, fireworks very well, but he has a lot of money to buy them, and he can tell somebody to, to light them off. Real quick, coaching the SEC that you would not want setting off your fireworks. He's not in the SEC anymore, but it's Brett Bielema. It's Brett uh, Bielema, yeah. and it's because he would he would take Roman candles and just be like, <laughs> y'all, see, y'all see that, man? I've been shooting him at that kid in the corner there for the last couple hours. I'm like, all right, stop, Brett, stop. Seriously, dude. Seriously, it's not funny anymore. Like, all right, man. He's he <laughs> just, just constantly two just double-fisting Roman candles. I feel like Chad fire. Morris would be a good candidate. I feel oh like he would overdo God. it a little bit. You did the finale first. It's not even sunset yet. I know, but you see it, man. It was badass. No, you burned off half the dock, man. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Chill, Chad. Now we'd end the night with sparklers, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't that awesome? (laughs) All right, we got one more edition of It Might Mean Too Much. This is hands down the best podcast we've ever had. I don't care what anybody (laughs) says. I I don't care what anybody says. (laughs) So there was a, a 2020 recruit, Jason Jones, Big lineman. Just finished yeah. his sophomore year of high school. That's what it means if you're a 2020 recruit. Jesus. AL.com produced this video where Jason Jones talks about, you know, you can't leave home, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's all this, like, walking around his, his you know, his high school. And, Solera. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And he's walking around. He's like, oh, man, like, I just love it here, blah, blah, blah. And then he's surrounded by his buddies. And he puts on a Georgia hat. And you're, and then it cuts away. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Go and to and then the it first goes off, to, he says, there comes a time in every man's life where you got to right. go. And I was like, he, this dude is like 15 years old. Dude, like, did it you also said from Solera. Yeah. Said, he didn't have his mom drop him off at this announcement. Right. And it said Solera's. I thought it meant Cabela's because I just uh, read it too fast. And I was like, this is about to be the most Alabama thing ever. Yep. But yeah, so then they produced this whole thing about him like making his own decision, making his own way as a man. And then, so they do that and they, they cut out to where... You're like, wait, did he commit to Georgia? And then it right. cuts to Funny Maine, and Funny Maine is like, do y'all think he was actually going to leave? And That's then a good Funny it cuts Mane back. Too. Yeah. Was, all right, that was pretty bad, actually. <laughs> that was good. And they cut back to him, and he puts on the Alabama hat, and everybody's cheering for him. Yeah. Just had to troll Georgia for no reason whatsoever. For at all. At Why? all. I do Why that? do you do that? He probably listens to the podcast. Oh, man. That's, geez. That's, that's like basically you referencing cover two. That's what I'm for saying. For no reason whatsoever. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start committing to places just so I can make videos. How many of me more, trolling other schools? How many more videos do you think this kid's gonna make of his commitment? No, at least, I don't at know least who one. Jason Jones is, but I just like I never thought I would say this, but I almost missed the days where they just acted like little a-holes and just put on a hat, <laughs> took off the hat on signing day, and it was like, never mind, I'm playing, I'm going to University of Auburn. I'm like, all right, well, it's Auburn University, first off, and second, <laughs> second off, like, that, that's my least favorite thing. But, like, no, instead, now they're, like, T. Higgins, you know what, this is the most American commitment ever. When he committed to Clemson, it was between, like, Tennessee, maybe Carolina, Clemson, and a few, whoever else. He was at a lake. And I'm pretty sure that he he shot off orange and purple fireworks, and That's it was so like American. with a drone, like filming this whole thing. And he's like, next three four years of my life, I'm gonna be going to. And it was like orange and orange and purple fireworks, and like oh like a God. gender reveal. <laughs> Don't ever invite me to a gender reveal, anybody, any I, like. Oh my gosh! I want to do one of those, and then just like when you open up the box, it's just like a sandals 
vacation like package that we've like put on a piece of paper like an itinerary like we've decided to spend our money that's <laughs> we decided to enjoy our lives for a few more years so yeah that like it was like a gender reveal but then i thought that was bad it's like oh they're making videos for these now and now they're doing videos where they're trolling other videos man it might mean too much you should have known if it was an AL.com produced video that that kid wasn't going to Georgia. I mean, yeah, funny. Man. And then and then he tweets the next day. He was like, "Oh, all the UGA fans unfollowed." And he was like, "Ha ha ha!" And I was like, oh, "Oh man, you better hope we beat them every year." Yeesh. I don't get why kids do this, especially after they just finished their sophomore years of high school. That's, Again, when I committed, on. I called my coach. He was the, they recruited me from Middle Tennessee State, and he goes, "Who's this?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right, cool. I'm coming in September. See you then." <laughs> you offer me a scholarship. Remember, I'm, you can't. No, no take backs. Make way. <laughs> Shotgun, shotgun. <laughs> all right, that oh, you know what we're, we're peaking right now. We're gonna we're gonna end it That's there. I hope all of you have a phenomenal July Fourth, and I hope I hope most of you listen to this podcast because it was fantastic. Yes. Thank you to all the men and women who serve our country, yes. who protect our freedom, to all the great things that uh, we we probably take for granted, yeah. but you guys guys and girls do not do that. And uh, yeah, you make us all proud to be Americans. We really do. Shout out to everybody who's listening, who's enjoying some 4th of July fun right now. Maybe you're on your way to a 4th of July cookout, yeah. party, whatever it is. Thank you for listening to SES Podcast. Give, leave us a little five-star review. A little uh, yeah, holiday special. Yeah, we need some new ones review. after last week. <laughs> yeah, we need some, uh, some new five-star reviews, some fresh ones. Always appreciate those. And don't, don't, don't let off your your finger or anything like that that's i, I know i joked about it with mcway but don't do it you need all your fingers trust me yeah. you're really gonna miss them if they're gone otherwise you're only gonna end up doing what playing defensive end for the new york giants so you don't want that in your life yeah. anyway until then you guys have a great fourth of july and remember roll it, Yo, it, it, roll, roll, roll america roll, roll. roll america no no it might mean too much thanks guys we'll see you next week great.